We're back. Um, we feel different levels of weird, but uh, we're going to try to be expedient because we've got a great guest and we want to get to them and give them plenty of time to talk about their cool stuff. Yeah. So, Yosis Racist. I'm Andrew T. That's Tony Newsom. Professor. Professor. Pro- I did it again accidentally. Professor. Professor. I, lo- I listened to um, Tony on our friend Matt Epideka's Weezer podcast, and he called me doctor. So I like all these like honorary titles I've been receiving. This yeah, summer. you don't got to go to no school. You just get to <laughs> oh, be called it. The, these are not honorary titles. You are due in the OR. <laughs> oh, no. Well, we got to keep this short then. <laughs> You're fucking up right now. <laughs> Somebody needs your help. <laughs> um, oh, um, yeah. Speaking I, of needing like help, a, our whole a, show does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're this this weekend news was so fucking grim. Even we literally just did a pregame about what we want to talk about, and I'm like, we don't have to talk about all that shit. I don't think. Well, it's hard. It feels it's overwhelming. Uh, to be very honest and candid with you guys, it is overwhelming. And I know, I mean, some of you are probably snickering and being like, "Isn't that the fucking job y'all signed up for?" And the answer is yes. And it's still. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the weight of things, you know, last week we missed uh, the Jalen Walker story who was murdered by police in Akron, Ohio, um, in a really, in just a, a, an insanely tragic, horrifying story. And we missed that because of the timing of when we record and when the episodes come out. And yeah. talking about it now after a week of the terrible news cycle that's followed it, every everything we could possibly say feels inadequate speaking yeah. for myself alone um Absolutely. it's really it that story was really weighing on me and i don't have anything smart to say other than let's all fucking keep an eye on the way that the cops are still yeah. using violence to suppress peaceful protests in akron the protests yeah. about their violence they're meeting with yeah. more violence who is surprised i mean it's yeah it's it's sort of the same old story um you know, beyond that, obviously, we then had an immediate example of a white murderer being treated better than an innocent black man um, by the police. Um, but it's like things we've said already. It's this, this, you know, this refrain, I, I think, is just the story of America. Um, so I also obviously it's racist, I just want to say because. Yeah. It, it does feel like uh, I also feel ill-equipped to talk about the Highland Park shooting, but um, because Kevin and I have such strong Chicago ties, it does. It, it feels like what I want to say is that I hate everyone's conflation of this being a quote-unquote Chicago yep. shooting or a Chicago problem. Highland Park is nearly 30 miles from Chicago, and it's in a different fucking county, and if you'd ever been there... It is like one of the most idyllic towns. It, yeah. it is so safe. People don't lock their doors. So that just means that this shit happens everywhere because nowhere is immune to hate. And it's one of the most Jewish places. It is one of the most culturally and ethnically Jewish places yeah. in America. Yeah. It's something like 30%. So yeah. that th- that's an element of this story too. And it just I, I just was sick of people who've never fucking set foot in Chicago outside of going to the Bean and Bubba Gump Shrimp. Yeah. Well, beyond about, beyond that, Chicago I mean, gun violence. Chi- the Chicago gun violence. The phrase is basically the N word. Like that's what they that's what they're right. talking about. The racists. You know, why I have gun violence is because there's fucking there's no gun restrictions in Gary, Indiana, which is just like a ten minute drive over the goddamn yeah. skyway. So yeah, there's strict yeah. gun laws in Chicago, but the same place we get our fireworks is where all the guns come from. So yeah. shut up. Um, yeah, 
I don't know. Do we, we, there's no point in talking about it. Everything is um, increasingly bad. Um, there, it's pretty clear that anything set in place to quote unquote protect any decent person is uh, not as strong as we wanted it to be, not as strong as it needs to be. All we have is each other. I think that is sort of just the reality of that. I don't know. I mean, should we just go into our guest? Yeah. yeah. Uh, truly, guys, pardon our, uh, speaking for myself, pardon my inability to be able to talk about these things more. It is overwhelming. And what I would rather spend my energy doing this week is uplifting someone like our guest who's got a great book out. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel like yeah. shining light on things that are good yeah. is, is the move yeah. right now. We got to talk to Phil Yu, the author, one of the co-authors and, and uh, writers, I guess the co-editor of uh, Rise, a pop history of Asian America from the 90s to now. Um, I think it's a, uh, you'll, you'll hear me talk about it um, in when we talk to him, but it was a book that I really, really loved and, and found um, really a lot of like things that needed to be said put in one place and um, yeah, it's wonderful. So here's a break and then we'll go to Phil. We're back from, yeah, yeah. We, this is fine. This, this is fine. more than fine. And you know why it's more than fine? Because we have a great guest. He's our friend and yours. Yeah. Uh, you know him as an angry Asian man. You know him from all the Asians on Star Trek, a, a podcast I talk about a lot. For for this not being a Star Trek podcast, I, I mentioned that podcast a lot, probably maybe too much, but I really I love mean, it. Um, <laughs> I feel like there are there are clear structural reasons for that. True, true. Uh, he also hosts They Call Us Bruce, and uh, he has a book out now, Rise, A Pop History of Asian America from the 90s to Now, that he co-wrote with Jeff Yang and Philip Wang. It's Phil Yu. I said that already. Hi, Phil. Hello. Yay. What's up, man? Hey. Thanks for having me. It's good oh. to be back. Tony, I I didn't realize you'd written a whole intro like that. That was that I was did great. Not I was like, I think intro. I can remember I just, all. I just know Phil's work. You just know everything. So, <laughs> sorry to flex. Yeah, but. <laughs> I think the first time the first time Phil was on was before you joined the podcast, I believe. Yeah, and then we met. Yeah. doing the pod directive, the official Trek pod, and that's how I started listening to. No, I was listening to all the agents before it, but yeah, that's how I got to know Phil. Yeah, and I started, uh, and I was listening to this show. Uh, at some point, I, I was, you know, when I was on it, I was listening to it, and I took a break or something, and I got back of into course. it. Of course, you got and to. It, yeah. And then, and then <laughs> when I got back into it, Tony was the co-host. So I was like, this show is amazing now. No, <laughs> He's like, for some uh, reason, no, I had that's, to stop that, listening. And- that, that is precisely how I feel. So don't, you know, so that, is, that is all stuff that you can say straight to my face, because that yeah. is the truth. We call that the bird the birdcage years where just like a small cover was just covered over Andrew and he just kind of went dormant for a little while <laughs> yeah. and then he woke back up. It was up a weird time. <laughs> Legitimately a weird time. Um, but yeah. Oh my God. Uh, thanks for being... Well, thanks for coming back. How you been? Give us... Uh, how you been in the last like seven years? <laughs> <laughs> What's new? Uh, not much. No, I mean, uh, is, I was I was telling Connie before we started recording. I'm in this point right now where I'm like, I was so busy in the spring that like I'm I'm like, uh, what what do I do? What do I do when I'm not like? 
am I supposed to be filling this time with something? I think I am, <laughs> and I can't let myself just rest. It's, it's because, um, you know, May is uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, which is like yeah. so That's your fucking prime busy. Time. Uh, I just yeah. I was especially coming <laughs> off writing this book, and so I was just like doing events and talks like every day, and then it, I basically ran myself into the ground, caught COVID oh, at the dude. end of May. Yeah. And it was just, and you know, I just hit the bed and like did not get up for like four weeks, basically. Ooh. Yeah. Dude, you deserve it. I mean, that book tour also seemed like legitimately grueling, <laughs> even even without COVID, even without like everything else. I'm just like, Jesus, this sounds crazy. It's uh, it's something that nobody told me before we, we wrote the book. I knew like writing the book would be its own challenge, but then like nobody told me how much self-promotion that we would have to do with it. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it was legitimately exhausting. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No, but the book is so awesome. It's like the, um, thank you. I mean, how do, Oh, uh, you guys did phrase it some way. I can't remember, but to me, it, it's the, the thing that I was loving most about it is just like, um, the timeline and the history. And I have a special affinity for your personal story um, because it's like, you know, it's one that I've heard before or I've heard versions of it before, but um, you know, your essay just about like becoming an angry Asian man (laughs) essentially is fucking, is fucking great. And like both the parallels and differences between, you know, in in my path have been, it was just like, Oh shit. Right. Um, And that's what, I don't know. Uh, that that personally spoke to me quite a lot. Yeah, it's it's weird. Um, we were t- so my co-authors and I, Jeff Yang and Philip Wang and me, we kind of are covering like thirty years. We we chose like thirty years of Asian American history, the past thirty years, and we each more or less kind of fall in in age wise in the, right. the decades we covered nineties, two thousands, and twenty tens roughly. And I was kind of tasked with the two thousands. It's when I kind of came of age. Mm-hmm. You know, and and professionally became angry Asian man, etc. Uh, I didn't think that that stuff would fit into that personal essay would fit into what would actually become the book. But when we were tasked with writing these long essays to intro each chapter, I was like, I don't know what to write. I don't know how to sum sum up this decade. So I'm just gonna yeah overlay my personal story, and that actually became kind of a a nice way to kind of frame it. And so a lot of it is a kind of a personal history of how how it became to be, but how the circumstances of that decade kind of informed um yeah my they like inform inform the story yeah exactly yeah. it's i don't know it was like really i and yeah this might be again a specifically me thing but i was like both both like age and kind of like media and finding the pathness of it i was like oh man <laughs> so much in there <laughs> i think it's super relatable cuz i'm not i'm not you andrew and i also felt like <laughs> I felt like punched in the chest yeah, a couple yeah. times where I was like, whoa, this feels very, uh, very universal. I think that's why that's why I never fucking buy when people are like, you can't have too many of, you know, diverse people in your movie or whatever, because you'll lose the white audience. And it's like you can have the most niche specific <laughs> perspective and point of view. And if it's told well, people will find yeah. the universal story in it. Yeah, because mostly it's like, oh, what the fuck am I doing? It's like such a yeah. relatable thing. And then it's what? like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I should learn. Why am I being like bullied so hard? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I I guess like for anyone who hasn't uh, uh, read the book or know about it, can you just, um, I guess, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit more about it or like anything? Yeah. Um, So I I know that I was just like book tour must be exhausting. And I'm like, sell it some more. 
<laughs> I have no problem with that. Um, you know, our 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 publisher is expecting some good like back end back catalog sales, so keep it going, keep it going. Um, uh, so you know, my co-authors Jeff and Philip, Philip and I, we have been in sort of the Asian American cultural commentary and creator space and like a while now, right? Like between us, there's yeah. decades kind of worth experience. And the book kind of uh, grew out of conversations that we were having amongst each other, just looking at with a long lens of like where Asian American pop culture and cultural relevance has kind of uh, rose up in the last couple of years. You know, it's in the conversation a lot more where for a long time, we felt like as Asian Americans, we're just like invisible. Like nobody ever gave a shit about Asians ever, you know, to suddenly go to hyper visibility in the last, especially in the last couple of years for better right. or for worse. Um, I guess the beginnings of some of it actually started in, in 2018 when Crazy Rich Asians came out because every conversation about every article written about that movie was like, this is the first Hollywood movie starring an all Asian cast in 20 some years. Like every like you were legally obligated to to note that in every article written right, about that right, movie, right. <laughs> and whether you like that movie or not, you know it was a huge milestone. Um, and but those articles made it seem like the Joy Luck Club came out in 1990, whatever. Asian Americans did nothing, and yeah, then Crazy yeah, Rich yeah. Asians came out, right? And <laughs> and it just made it seem like we just like in like oh wow, this movie came out of nowhere, um, and. Uh, made it happen. We were like, as people who were in that space, we were like, that's, we know that's not true. And uh, the book was like, you know, we thought like, well, you know, somebody should make a documentary or write a book about like this aspect of Asian American subculture, whether it's like the import tuning scene or just like the Asian American, like indie film scene, like there's, it was very robust, but nobody, you know, because just because mainstream media didn't pick up on it doesn't mean it didn't happen it was actually quite relevant and laid the groundwork for something like crazy rich asians to happen and so right you say that enough times and you go like somebody should write a book about that we were like well (laughs) we are uniquely situated maybe we should should do it you know and so i imagine the three of you guys just being like someone should someone should ah fuck it's gonna have to be us isn't it yeah it's us us. uh (laughs) So that got the ball rolling. And then like, so we decided to cover 90s, 2000s, 2010s of Asian American history and um, do it in a fun way, a very accessible way, um, cover things that like, like we said, like the mainstream media would never touch, but we were like, these are important things. These are important moments to us, the people, ideas, and events that um, kind of shaped what we think. And then also just being able to geek out about stuff that we were like, yeah. Nobody's ever going to write a book about this. We need to do this. And so it started off with a literal blank spreadsheet where we're like, okay, if we're writing the last 30 histories of 30 years of Asian American history, what goes in it? And then we yeah. just went to work, you know? So it was a fun oh, book to write. It yeah. was it even, but even after we, it's all said and done and it's out, I'm like, I look at it, I'm like, we barely scratched the surface. There's so much left out of this. There's so much we like did not get. Like whether we couldn't do it or we just completely forgot, there's a lot of that. So I I look at this book with some, I'm proud of it, but like with a lot of ah, what we did not get, it, it feels it could fill another volume. I mean, I think it could fill another it could fill another volume. Tends to be what you want to say after you wrote one book, and presumably people mm-hmm. are like. You're gonna have to write another book, dog. <laughs> uh, like a worse feeling is like, yeah, we're all done. 
(laughs) (laughs) The history has been written. It is complete. The one thing also I think that might be um, like extra relevant to listeners of this podcast is um, there's a there's a really uh, great I think uh, in the intro um, where uh, it, it talks about sort of the history of Asian Americanness as a like political movement um, and sort of like solidarity and also I, I really like um, I, I struggle with this as well i know there's like literal essays about this in the book but just like you know not like remembering but just like really feeling and remembering that like the idea of asian americanness is broad and new and um also inclusive of you know people outside of like east asian uh faces um and i think the book does like a really nice job of like like weaving those reminders in um and again as i'm saying this out loud i'm like Probably this is just because I need this reminder extra hard, but I really appreciated that a lot. And I think like that listeners to this pod, I think like um, seeing seeing the the broadness and the scope and the history of of Asianness too is like a really really nice component of the book. Yeah, I mean I, I, that's the thing, right? Like I think it, like most people, most Americans don't know anything about Asian American history. Honestly, it's very yeah. surface level stuff. What's taught in schools, like forget about it, right? Nothing, like so, yeah. So, and, but that said, like even Asian Americans ourselves, we don't know our own history. We don't even know who who counts as Asian American, right? That's a discussion that (laughs) most people will never agree, will not agree on. You ask any, any Asian person on the street, like, yeah, you, you, you ask them like, you know, there's, there's just this baseline history that is not, that is not communicated. So we wanted the book to at least serve as that as well. Like, let's all get on the same page. Let's throw out basic explainers facts like demographic data yeah you know census stuff like just just let's yeah. get it out there like here are some things that you hopefully should know about asian america here are some historic things here are some basic like community yeah. things you know and then like all of that stuff is so so like 101 but i feel like we just needed it you know yeah um, because it's not taught anywhere um and so and we wanted to explain it in like a fun way and yeah. obviously but even the the um because because of everything that's happened in the news the last two year two three years, like I said, Asian Americans are suddenly like hyper visible, um you know. But it made it seem like Asian made it seem like the way people were reporting about Asians made it seem like we just kind of came out of nowhere, you know. And right, right, right. People wholesale adopted like, oh well, Asian Americans are. They would make statements about Asian Americans like, where where have you been? How like yeah, all yeah. of a sudden you give a shit like, right, um, right. So it felt like. This was at least if we could get this book in the hands of people who, you know, need to know just like basic stuff, like, but we're afraid to ask, you know, uh, that would be valuable. Do you think that the the model minority myth has contributed to this like invisibility? Like is the idea that if white people weren't thinking of you as this terrible problem, like they might have been thinking of black people as, you know, of like white flight and you know the 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 drug war of the 80s and all all the reasons why black people have been sort of very visible in america for decades and decades do you, do you think that's part of it do you think it's like the oh asians aren't something for us to quote unquote worry about so therefore we're just not shining any sort of attention on them that's i think that's radar. a that's a big aspect of it right like um one one side of the model minority like dimension is that when when Asians are suddenly faced with all this overt 
anti-Asian violence, right? Like on the streets, you know, anybody will tell you, like any Asian American will tell you like, this is not actually new. Like this feeling of aggression or feeling like we're made to feel like we don't belong like that. That's not a new thing. It's just really overt. And and all of a sudden people are paying attention. But right. the side of that that's really interesting about the model minority myth is that like, oh, like people are like Asian American. This is a thing for Asian American. And this is something that we have to worry about. Yeah. That we have to give a shit about. And in, with incontrovertible evidence, I guess, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's you're like, like there. oh, oh, shit. Yeah. Like you're you're you have problems, too. You have. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> That's one side of it. Like, oh, I th- I, we didn't have to worry about you. Like, you're just going to be the good minorities and just do your thing. Yeah, um, I thought you guys were just like chilling here. What? The, something's been wrong this whole time. What could have possibly? One been, thing been I, wrong? I will say, but like both to dovetail on the previous, the one on oneness too of it is that like, even though some of it is like basic, uh, and I, I promise this relates to both things. Uh, like, I, I have also been, and and once again, we're speaking deeply from my own experience, but I, I like the fact that like there are members of our community who also need that person, that version of the one one ness um, Because like specifically, even as you're talking, like all this stuff about, uh, you know, how model minorities are perceived and how Asian issues are perceived. I can, another, you know, beyond just like mainstream America, I see someone like my dad who like basically voted Republican until COVID. And, and it, you know, it, I'm not like super proud of him because I'm like, it really you couldn't see any of this until it defected you personally, literally you personally. Um, however, he needed that lesson. <laughs> and it's like, I guess mm. better late than never. And like, um, I, I, so that part I think too, is like beyond like a, a um, like primer and a, and a baseline and a statement about what Asian Americans are and, and can be. Like, I think it is, it's so nice that the book's point of view like defaults to like, this type of inclusivity. I mean, you know, I, I forget which essay it, it's, it's in, but like, you know, there's, you know, my, my parents kind of don't really give a shit about Asian Americans because they care about Chinese Americans. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I think now they're finally seeing that like, it doesn't matter what they care about. Like, <laughs> like the reality is something different. And so like, I think for that generation and that type of folks too, it's like such a useful thing on a personal level. I'm just like, yeah. Really grateful. I mean, the book is making the case that Asian America exists. I, you know, I mean, because because it is, it is a relatively new con. It's the term itself is just over fifty years old. Actually, we could we have the we know when the first recorded use of Asian American um, came on the scene. You know, and that was born out of actually out of an act of of solidarity and resistance as well. I mean, uh, the people who the 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 activists who came up with the term Asian American. They were. They needed a, ba- a literal banner to march under, in in support of Huey Newton. And this is in, in you know in Berkeley, and so in Berkeley, yeah. You know, and it was the Asian American was modeled after Afro American, right? Like uh, you know fellow activists, and so uh, the book itself is, you know, tracing the history from that term basically, like because that term as soon as it came out, like all of a sudden it was adopted really widespread by like demographers, government policy. Um, and, and, but people didn't really, I don't think people really, you know, we are of the first generation that came up from that and we're called that, but we didn't really know what that meant. And so the book is making the case, like, here is, 
You've created yes. the bucket. What did we fill it with? What did yeah. we fill it with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that is, and it is a legit thing. Now, of course, like, like your parents and like a lot of our parents, I think, uh, parents who are immigrants, a lot of them just see themselves as Chinese or Korean. And I do believe that the term Asian American actually is like, it's an opt-in identity. You have to, you have to yes. assume that identity. You have to, um, you have to become Asian American, you know, because it is a political identity. And so the book is another exploration of like, well, what does that mean? How do you do that? Like, um, yeah. does it yeah. exist? And we make the case that it does exist. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's to me, I think the thing that like, yeah, young Andrew really could have used <laughs> like it in a, in a really nice way. So I'm like, yeah, this is, this is like, as, as I read the book, I'm just like, yeah, this shit would have made me a less miserable person. <laughs> oh, no, Andrew. I wish I had a time crystal. Let's go back in time and get this to young Andrew. Well, people can give it to the young Andrews in their life now. Yeah. You see a young, I, I don't know, man. Future, future miserable boy. But if we had given this to young Andrew and changed the history, like we might, we would not have this what Andrew do we do here. here today? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We would have fucked up the timeline in a big only, way. There's only honestly. one path. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no. But but I think I think that's it. It's it's the like everything I do is like for the next version of me. And I think it's like this is just like a really nice component of a thing that I'm like, yeah. It's like part of part of the toolkit. And it's like so I don't know, it's just such, such a nice, nice thing to exist in the world. So that's I mean, all I, it's, I don't know. I mean the, the book the book itself is dedicated to we said this book is dedicated to those who come next. It's because we're relaying this history so that others can, you know, part of it is like for, for people of our generation to read it and be like, yes, that is a thing. I'm glad someone yeah. canonized that and, and chronicled that and made it real, you know. Um, but the other part is is for the next people to come up. Like, because what are we all doing this for anyway? It's so mm -hmm. that those people, it's a little bit easier for them. They'll have their own set of challenges, but like maybe they won't have to go through all the shit that we went through. Yeah. yeah. I'm speaking to for my kid, you know. Yeah, or you know, all of us, all us co-authors, we're all fathers now, and we're all we were all thinking ahead, and like our kids are growing up in such a different generation, such a different time. Hopefully, being Asian American is not something that feels like a liability, like it was yeah. for a lot of us, and it's something that you know, it just is, you know. I mean, th this is a function of living in. Um I guess in Los Angeles at knowing some Asian folks that are doing quite well, but I, I have like now crossed over into like some of my friends, kids. I'm like, you guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are, uh, arguably going to be, uh, too confident. <laughs> I think it's going to be, um, no, they're, everyone's wonderful, but I'm, I'm just like, oh, right. They, in a, in a wonderful way, like their baseline perspective is like free of so many things that were like defining for me in terms of like, yeah, invisibility and like, um, just general things that erode at confidence, I guess I would, I would say in a way that I'm like, yeah, it's going to be good. You might actually be bad people, and that's great too. Yeah, that's true liberation. That's when all of our <laughs> all of our kids are fucking dicks. Uh, allowed to be assholes. It has nothing to do with actually being Asian. They're just assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of wonderful. Way too privileged, LA kid jerks. <laughs> it's probably it's probably the LA part of it. I'm just like, oh man, fuck you, kids. Um, we should. Wait, we can should, I ask Phil oh. a quick question that you could? We can cut this out if you can't say, but. But um, did you get to, for all the Asians on Star Trek? Did you get to interview Michelle? So, 
I got to interview Michelle for my other podcast. They call us Bruce. We interviewed oh, her for cool for the release of Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, um, amazing! And I, I, I vowed when I when I launched all the Asians on Star Trek, I was like, if we get to if I interview Michelle Yo for that podcast, the podcast is done. We're we're closing. <laughs> oh, shot. Like I, there's nowhere left it. to yeah. go. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, so the loophole okay. is I did get to talk to her. But not for all the Asians on Star Trek. But that means oh, you get to continue all the Asians on Star Trek. Okay, I approve of that. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I, I was talking to someone about everything, everywhere, all at once, and like uh, about how much uh, I would love for my mom to see it, except for basically any part with a dildo. Um, <laughs> and I, I truly, I was like, man, can I get a hold of the Daniels and just ask for like a Chinese mom cut of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I just need like s- slightly different uh, VFX in a couple shots. <laughs> and I, I think it would actually that. do, it, should, it would do a lot for my family. And I think other families. <laughs> yeah, they should consider that. <laughs> like, yeah, truly just for, for my family, if no one else. Oh, um, sorry. That's just a little digression. I just had a moment. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, we, we have been having such a fun time chatting. Uh, I think I've already probably fucked up the timing of this episode, but whatever. Let's, uh, no, let's start some. Fine. Let's do some voicemails. Yeah. Let's do it. Here we go. Hi. Um, so my last name is Swan. And every time I call my, um, my work's IT person, he does this like weird, like offensive Asian accent. And for a long time, I didn't know why. And then finally someone told me it's because of the mad TV character, which I looked up and like, what the fuck? This was on TV like not that long ago. It's so offensive. And I don't know why he does this to me. Cause I'm like, I mean, I'm not Asian, but he doesn't know that. But then again, how do I know that he's not Asian? So I guess I'm really calling to ask, is this racist? <laughs> what a um, ride what yeah. a ride um, I love that now our our callers are tending to be young enough that they don't know that Miss Swan was a thing they never watched Mad TV I was just thinking and I was like wow I thought I had put in that character to rest and never to think about again <laughs> and, and then welcome to our show yeah. 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 Uh, welcome <laughs> We're fun. Our show. We do fun things for our guests is the, is the thing. Um, I guess, have we said enough information, uh, Mrs. Swan? Or, yeah, was it just, is it Miss Swan? Miss Swan? Miss Swan. Um, just Alex Borstein. Like, yeah, a yellow face character from Mad TV. Yeah, I don't really... I'm trying to... I mean, it, it's just like so nakedly like just Mr. Yunioshi levels of, uh, that's uh, from Breakfast at Tiffany's, like, Asian-ness. I don't really know what, I think that's enough information, right? Just, like, super racist, in TV, shockingly, on TV, shockingly late into the 90s. In case you were also a lovely Gen Z, uh, yeah, it was not, like, a one or two sketches. It was a, kind of a, cornerstone of a few seasons of that show it was a huge yeah. sketch a hugely popular character that came back again and again and again yeah i, I always thought it was one of those things where well like well andrew says it was blatant but i would thought it was like one of those things where they wrote it just so like <laughs> wait is she supposed to be asian like uh oh. well know, that's what they've you know said what I mean? now in defense is that she wasn't which I mean, discuss like, to me. It to me it clearly was, but it was always like never. It was always just like just 
hitting the line where like, you know, and then th- so bringing enough stuff for like, I think it is, but never being explicit about like her Asian, like, I don't know. Like, they never oh, said she was Chinese or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but she did I, have like a black wig, you yeah. know, and then she spoke with a, uh, like a accent that was hard to place. Um, yeah. I, I think, I mean, as clearly indicated, the existence of this podcast is because my sensitivity to those things is a little higher than the baseline. So I think I was always just like, are you fucking kidding? To me, it's also it's honestly just that like the performance is so clearly to me like the Ching Chong performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, yeah, but you're, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't remember enough of the details of the sketch, um, but that makes sense because they're not, they're not, me- yeah. To, to me, the evidence is in the way this uh, is an IT guy, like is is bringing his own Asian information into yeah. this impression of her, right? Uh, and so, um, because you know, the, the regardless of how it was um, performed, the way it was received is is another way entirely. And I, this guy is obviously doing this weird mock Asian yeah. accent in reaction to hearing Miss Sw- Swan, right? And yeah. So, uh, it's sort of right. Own, it's sort of like he brought his own racism. Clear. Yeah, it it instigates yeah. racism. <laughs> it was a it was a BYO bigotry for sure. <laughs> um, I the part of the question. I, I mean, I think I feel confident answering it, but I think it probably spins off a, a additional interesting question. Is um, like you know she doesn't. I, I think she said it was over the phone. She doesn't know if the IT guy is Asian. I I'm just gonna suspect not because and this is sadly not 100%, we tend not to do, uh, you know, racist Asian caricatures, but certainly not always <laughs> uh, <laughs> is the regrettable thing. Tend, but, is the, tend is doing a lot of work. Yeah. Well, and and you know what? Like, like it's, it's also like, um, speaking of um, not so much necessarily like everything everywhere all at once, but like, you know, the, the, of the Hollywood past, eighties and nineties, we certainly have had Asian people sort of like doing what they can uh, to perform, to appear on screen, and to um, you know survive as actors while at the same time uh, giving white America what they wanted out of Asian faces. I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to say it. Um, you know, less less probably short round, and but definitely more like long duck dong. Um, I guess those are the two examples <laughs> I was going to say and things like that, but those are the kind of two examples. Um, but I, I guess it's like, like, yeah, Phil, I, I'm guessing, I wonder if you have a different like thought than I do about like, I mean, both like the Asian folks that sort of like, well, I would say complicit, but I guess complicit is a fairly aggressive way to like phrase, phrase this sort of comedy. Like, like, but I just feel like, Every time something like this happens, like like say on Twitter, I think it's a good place. Not a good. It's not a good place to get a sampling, but maybe I'm just attuned to this. I always see like Asian people jumping in, like I'm not. I'm Asian. I found that okay. X or Y. I found it funny, and it's like, uh, all right. Sorry, yeah. I'm so no. boxing. Go ahead. Those, yeah, uh, yeah, they're my favorite. Those people. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I'm Asian, and I thought it wasn't racist. Like I thought it was yeah. funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't. T- yeah, they're they're not my favorite, and um, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what. Comp- I don't know. I don't know why you got to be that person in the room, but there's always yeah. that person in the room, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you know. that's part of that. The 
you know, the, as it were, the big tent of Asian American identity. That's the thing that I have the most trouble with sometimes, too. It's like, it absolutely includes those folks and, like, finding a way to... Inc- or maybe it doesn't. Maybe in terms of, like, the, like, opt-in political identity, behaviors like that sort of are the opposite of opting in. But then it's me policing who's Asian yeah. and who's not, you know... I'm going down a spiral now. My, my problem with those, with those, uh, with the uh, I'm Asian, and I, th- I thought it was funny. Uh, was that like now you got some, you got white friends who are like, well, my Asian friend thought it was funny, you know, and like, yeah. Um, and I've I have vowed long ago. I was like, you are, regardless of something I thought was, if I thought something was racist or not fun or funny or not funny, you are not allowed to invoke me as your Asian friend to justify any kind of anything. You know, right, like, right. I'm not. I'm not you're, I'm, you're not allowed to say that uh, Phil is your Asian friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to co-sign your bullshit. <laughs> I think it's it's been a while since we talked about this on this show, but I think we're like deep into um, token friend uh, inflation. I think you need you need like at least a panel of of X or Y marginalized <laughs> community to sign off. You can't just have one. I'm going to go with seven. Seven. Okay. You need seven. That means you need to have at least seven, in this case, Asian friends, uh, but ideally more. But you need consensus. <laughs> like, this is that's what, a new standard. Just my, yeah. just my proposal. <laughs> I'm just saying we've, we've been sold out too many times by singular X or Y friend. So you need a lot more. Yeah. Asian panel. friends are up seven points. So uh, yeah, exactly. Everybody adjust yeah. your scales. Yeah. <laughs> Should this caller just like, I mean, the easy advice is just like, Tell that IT person to please stop doing that because it's offensive, yeah. regardless of yeah. what they are or what they think you are. Or just like, hey, this is work and you're doing a terrible uh, yeah. impression. Just don't. Yeah. 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 All you, you, you got to say is like, can you not do that? This. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, with that tone, with that, like, yeah. it, it, you know, so you don't have to like lecture and scold but if you sound kind of as weary as we all sound right now, just like, <laughs> hey, man, can you just not? Like they'll, they'll I mean, the other, the other, you. especially like in the fucking corporate world, like this is work. Yeah. Like, this is work. Fuck? That character is too racist for Fox. Yeah. So <laughs> you're calling because your Microsoft Outlook is bugged yeah. or whatever, and this man's doing all this. No. Yeah. Um, I guess as the most uh, unusefully aggressive person on this pod, typically, I would also. You know, you could always like do stuff like record them, send. You know, that's probably possibly illegal, Andrew. but like at least tell. Andrew you know, you could far. tell superiors. I I think this shit is like I I I'm a big proponent of just especially like the few times you can use HR to actually kind of make things better, even if they're doing it for the wrong reasons. I do kind of encourage people to do that shit because it's like this is fucking work. If you can't like do this at work, or sorry, if you can't like make you know get people to stop doing it a racist impression during the work day at work i don't know yeah but i think i i i think uh personally i don't think you need to get hr involved i think this is a conversation between the caller and the yeah call and, just, and the it guy just, just like throw out some options can you not just, and and you know what the person She's not Asian. She's white. So it's like she has a little bit more power in the decision to be like, yes, yeah, sure. Not do that. Like, yeah, yeah you like, know, this is wild. Don't do yeah. this shit. Uh, all right. Anyway, Colin, you have a, a couple different options. Let us know which one. 
<laughs> no, don't do my shit. Uh, Let us know which one. The reasonable option or Andrew's fucking like scorched yeah, earth. Burn it down always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Destroy uh, a career. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Can I say yeah. right before we move on, I am heartened by the fact that, I mean, this caller, I mean, we've been joking that they're young, but like they're old enough to have a corporate job. I'm kind of loving that they haven't heard this racist caricature. You know, they've walked around with this last name for however long. And That's this true. is the first time they're hearing of this character. Oh, yeah. That's kind yeah. of nice. Yeah. Maybe it is in, more in our rear view than, <laughs> than no. it seems. I, I, I know. Yeah. Let's go on to the next voicemail. Here you go. Hi, Tommy and Andrew. Um, I have a question for you. I'd love your advice. How do you know if a white person is just being rude or if they're being white? I've had so many instances in the past few weeks alone of white people just inviting themselves into spaces that they don't need to be in. And I just have trouble determining whether it is an individual that I should be obsessed at being mad at or if it is just this entire structural system that makes them think that they can do what they're doing. I don't know if you have any advice for me on this matter, but I'm just tired and exhausted. And I'm just wondering if you think maybe to a degree we maybe project some things when we shouldn't. Anyway, I'd love to hear from your experiences. Thanks so much. Seeing you guys soon and can't wait. Thanks. Bye. Yay. <laughs> Thanks for seeing us live. That really, it got me this morning when I listened to it. It got me again just now. Um, I, I think picking apart, uh, and I, I will just say the wrong version of it so you guys can say something smart. Um, which is that, like, my whole persona is based on overreacting at a system to individuals. Uh, so, you know, uh, never listen to me. Um, but, like, it's like, yeah, if, if any given white person who's overextending is surprised at, you know, how upset you are over X or Y microaggression thing, you know tell them they can just, if they just solved racism, I wouldn't be so upset. Ooh, I like that. But Andrew, That's the what reality. You, said, <laughs> you said that really eloquently, like, uh, uh, oh, I, and I would say, maybe not overreacting, but we are, we are reacting strongly to uh, a racist system and a, and a pervasive societal problem and, and often are directing yeah. that at individuals. I mean, I got, I got a man I got to look at nearly every day for this job I'm on. Who, I got a white man wearing dreads in my face every day. And I mm -hmm. just, and he's the nicest man. And I still yeah. am like, every time I look at him, I'm like, I'm so angry. I'm angry at a large thing that is not your specific fault, but you're enacting it in front of me. Yeah. So you're you not, make me mad. You're not, you not very nice contributing person. to it. But yeah, but it is like, it is that thing where like when you react strongly to them, they somewhat reasonably are like, what? What? I'm you so seem nice. Upset. Yeah. And I'm like, you are nice, but I gotta look at your fucking head every day. Yeah. I mean, we're, if we're talking about, if we're talking about uh, the guy who is, is like, is this person just a jerk or an asshole or uh, this person an asshole or they're just white? Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am not above the idea that like, you know, the level to which they are an asshole is informed by their white, like there's their whiteness. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that has gone into it. That has informed it. However yeah. far back in the background of, of we're talking about the system, like 
that has made them this way, you know, and of course it's case by case basis where you interact with somebody and you're like, you're being really, you yeah. know, you, you want to say you want, you're being a real asshole right now, or you could also be, you're being real white right now. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not, <laughs> you know, they overlap a lot in a lot of cases, a lot, yeah. you know, they're so part and parcel this. of a personality. Yeah. So I am not, a, I'm not above or against being like, this has gone into the, your whiteness has gone into this behavior, you know? <laughs> oh, see, a more nuanced way of saying the thing, though. That's like, I, and I, this might be, you know, a result of the, like, it would be a result of provocation, but when people get upset at that, it really does, like, cut to the chase. Like, I think a good white person can handle that. And it, it's almost like not being able to handle, you know, especially, like, if you phrase it, like, the way uh, Phil said, it's like, if you can't handle that, you actually are a bad person. <laughs> but I would, yeah, I, I think that's like, you know, wise and nuanced. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, um, Phil, do you want a fourth podcast? Do you want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> um, Just do this instead. You can't, but hey, I can't, you can't have two Asians on the show, man. You got to have you it's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> you can't do it. But wait, are they brothers? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> What if, that, what if that was a late act reveal? Just that that you two are just brothers. We just reveal it right here. We never <laughs> talked about it before for, for no reason. Just to confuse yeah. new listeners. Just the net the network really wanted us to be brothers. So Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. So so I think right to the to the caller's question, I guess the answer is it doesn't really matter. They're 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 intertwined and you know, often enough intertwined that they're the same, that there's no like there's no, there's no like prize for figuring out the ore of ass, asshole or whiteness. There's also, I've been trying to hold a lot of space for like, um, there, there are people that someone is doing something that I don't like or has done something that I don't like, but they are currently still a good person or whatever. Like trying to hold space for like, yeah, I'm allowed to like not like these things you're doing and think that it sucks that you're barging into these spaces, to use the caller's example. Mm-hmm. And maybe I don't have the energy or the power, or the privilege or the safety to call that out, depending on the situation. But maybe they're perfectly lovely in other ways. And so, I don't know, just trying to have like multiple feelings about a person at once can sometimes help. Maybe this is the definition of compartmentalizing, and maybe it's deeply unhealthy, but <laughs> I, I've found it to be necessary sometimes with very well-meaning, uh, not self-aware people. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, and I wonder, actually, I, I feel like the version of this that's probably newest for folks like me, and maybe less, a little less so for folks like Phil, but maybe not, um, like the, you know, how... How I guess it, it would be the like hashtagification of like hate crimes against Asians. I think it's a you know stop Asian hate being sort of the first time it's happened really in a, a mass internety way that I can sort of think of. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I guess what I mean is like like the 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 number of like very very nice white folks who checked in on me during that time was a little like <laughs> oh man. I don't know. I mean, thanks, I guess. And I know, obviously, like, Tony, you've spoken more about it and, you know, and it's more common in the Black experience. But um, I don't know, Phil, did you, did, like, was that, maybe yeah. maybe you, you get that directed at you more often, but yeah. 
Well, okay. Well, first, since we're on the topic, can I just say, and I haven't really said this to anybody for fear of not feeling like people accuse me of not being uh, supportive, but it still kind of like, it bothers me and pains me that stop Asian hate was the slogan that everyone kind of settled on. Sure. Like that was like, that that caught on and that was the one that people went with. I'm like, just, I I wish we could have found something else that was more effective or did not center the hate or Asian hate. Like just, you know, you read it a certain way. It just sounds like something else, you know? And so, yeah, um, yeah. Right, right. I wish I wish we had found a better catchphrase, uh, and, and that had taken off. You know, I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, and um, but I definitely. But this goes along with what I was saying earlier about like some of the things that prompted the book. In that, you know, all of a sudden, like Asians are suddenly in the spotlight, and nobody gave a shit before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure everybody cared. Yeah, uh, but the, a lot, a lot of well-intentioned white people were like, all of a sudden, like we're we're like you know, stop Asian hate was on their lips. I'm like, what? Like you, you know, or yeah. or um, or all of a sudden, ca- like really caring about AAPI Heritage Month. Like, yeah, like, did you yeah. know before that May yeah. was Heritage Month, or did you suddenly like, um, all all these corporations suddenly, like you know, observing it in like really elaborate ways? And you're like, yeah, what the fuck? like what is going on? Now? <laughs> like, um, so there's, I mean, like, I appreciate the gestures, um. Uh, and, and, you know, goes, there's a lot of people who, given the opportunity and given the knowledge, maybe will go ahead and and, uh, and be there for you. But uh, it kind of shows like people are totally like not aware until you put it right in front of their fucking face, man. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I mean, genuinely, this shows like the difference in your level of patience and mine. I think in that like or not, I don't know, I, maybe we have sort of similar reactions, but it is like. I, I tend to have such a like a reflexive like where the fuck have you been? What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hear that too, but it is the reality also is like <sighs> I don't know. It, you, I guess you feel like I, I feel like or I, I maybe see you as like, you know, like a like a pillar of like the the pop culture discussion of this at least. And I think you do a better job than I I do, at least in my head, of like not eye rolling and being like, man, fuck you guys. Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> At least uh, not publicly. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess no, that makes sense. And, it, and, and I'm just like, yeah, you're you're like a <laughs> you you do a better job at talking to people in a good way. I'm like, look, it's, it takes a real it's a real three bears approach. Okay, we need all types. We need all types yeah. to hit all. <laughs> yeah, folks on all different uh, stretches of their journey. <laughs> Um, but let me uh, let me just yeah. acknowledge the callers. They just sounded tired. They were, and I just wanted to just be like, "I'm sorry, hang in there." You know, you could feel the just uh, the weariness. Uh, sounds like they've been through a lot. So yeah, the fi- when you can he- when like someone's voice makes us all just like ah slump our shoulders just a little bit. It's like shit that's in there. So yeah, I don't know, caller. You're, 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 I think beyond hang in there, it's like, it, it's also okay to like not have to like let this, you know, it's not always your responsibility to, to have it like to do something and to have it um, weigh you down as much as possible or, you know, to get away from it weighing you down as much as possible. Um, and you well, don't shit. have to spend time oh, yeah. with those people. You don't well, have to spend yeah. time with anybody you don't want yeah. to be around. 
That's that's even though it's antisocial, that is the beauty of just telling them to fuck off. They usually fuck off. Look, you can truly just say, um, I don't have the capacity for this right now, and you can walk away. That's true. You can do that too. Um, Phil you thanks so much for coming, man. Um, I, I think we've we've dropped I think as you know, Tony Tony actually read these things. But uh yeah, do you do you want to tell people like best ways to find you, what you got going on in the in the near term? Yeah. Uh well you can find me at angryasianman.com. That's where kind of the where it all started. What socials are angry Asian man. The book is called Rise, a pop history of Asian America from the nineties to now. Um, you can get anywhere books are sold. Uh, our podcast that I do with Jeff is called, they call us Bruce, a non-filtered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. And my other podcast, all the Asians on Star Trek, the podcast in which I interview all the Asians. On Star Trek. <laughs> He's going to get them all too. Yeah. Uh, get great all. recent episode with, uh, Chrissy Chong from, uh, strange new worlds. That was a great episode. And I think that's, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Well, again, I mean, I feel like uh, I was making the case uh, from my own uh, brain about getting the book, especially, but I think it's really great. And congratulations, man. Thanks yeah, so absolutely. much. Thanks for having me on. This has been a blast. Yeah. yeah Thanks thank for coming. You. All right. This is our show. We have uh, just our normal things we have to say, right? We're we're at the end. So we say, oh, those that's things. true. Yeah, we do it now. Three two three three nine seven two two three three two three three eight nine. Race call in. Andrew T. Try to do by Kevin J. Bartell. Yo, is this racist? Suboptimalpods. Get tickets to our live shows at suboptimalpods.com. We still got tickets left for Boston this this week. If you're listening to this in real Earth time, it's this goddamn Saturday, uh, the 16th. Oh. Is that what the date is? And, and then, actually, uh, if if you if you are in Boston and you are listening to this show because of Phil. Um, our guest is going to be the person who introduced me to Phil Z Chun, hometown oh. hero, and and uh, good man, yeah, good man, kill, killing it Asian style. Such uh, connective tissue, and Andrew's yeah. going to eat a lobster on stage. He's promised to do it. <laughs> He's going to eat a whole lobster. Uh, then we're also no going, <laughs> also going to Minneapolis. After that, we'll be there on July thirtieth. Uh, then we're going to Austin on August twentieth. And then we're going to be in Brooklyn on September 10th. These are all Saturdays. Get your ass a babysitter. Get your ass a dog sitter. Get someone to w- water your plants and come on out and talk to us about racism. Yeah. It's going to be a great time. We'd we're going to give out some you. shirts. We're going to say hello. Hold my Tickets. calls. Water my plants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hold my calls. Water my plants. Bring me a lobster. <laughs> SuboptimalPots.com. That's it. We love you. Come all on. right. This is Suboptimal.